So, as a bit of a disclaimer, for entry 78, we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad. The actual title being The Suicide Squad as the sequel to Suicide Squad from 2016. What we're going to do is talk about that film, and I'm going to be spoiling a lot of it. So if you haven't gotten the chance to see it, please be prepared listening any further. So, The Suicide Squad is what this one is titled. So, not only does that title kind of annoy me a little bit, I guess you could say, but... While watching the film, you get the feeling that you understand who the director is, I guess you could say. For everybody who is caught up, you guys already know, but for those who don't, the director and the writer for this film was James Gunn. James Gunn also being responsible for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies for Marvel Studios. So, you as you go through the film, you start to understand that yes this you're actually watching a James Gunn film you're not really watching uh, a DC film or or even a Marvel film after a while you're starting to realize that you're watching a James Gunn film because anybody who's watched most of his work I'm not going to say that there's things that are similar you just understand his his filmography and the way he does um, certain scenes and whatnot so this is definitely not a true to the original sequel I guess you can say uh, in the sense that um, the certain liberties it takes. And the only thing I mean by liberties. So let's just go off the bat with a couple of the posters that you would normally see for this film. Same thing you saw for the first film. So you see the, the whole roster of all of these villains they decided to use. Some of them most people, unless you're really diehard comic book fans that go really deep into it. That go as far back as like even the, the 40s or the 50s. Um, you won't know half of these characters. I'll be, I'll be truthfully honest with you. I'm a DC fan. Diehard DC fan. I didn't know most of these villains they were using. Uh, I knew uh, Ratcatcher. I mean, of course, you, the, the obvious ones. Boomer, Captain Boomerang. Uh, Rick Flagg. Um, I didn't know Bloodsport. I didn't know... Uh, who was the character played by um, Idris Elba? Uh, I didn't know uh, Peacemaker, who's uh, played by John Cena. Uh, I knew King Shark. Okay, I knew King Shark. Um, what are some of the other ones? Uh, the, the Thinker, not really necessarily part of the uh, Suicide Squad team, but he is in the film. So the Thinker, I know who the Thinker the Thinker is. Uh, I have seen Polka Dot Man, though this is a new iteration for him in this film. Uh, which is actually really good. The The iteration they gave for him in this film is really, really good. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Then there's TDK, Blackguard, Savant, um, uh, Javelin. Uh, they have a character called Weasel who isn't really from anything like DC related. I think I read somewhere that he's based on a comic character, but nothing that's part of the DC universe. And here's one of the biggest gripes with this. You have this whole laundry list of characters that have been promoted since the film started releasing trailers and sneak peeks and all this stuff. Pretty much, let's say, I, I believe if I'm doing my math correctly, there's about 14 characters. Nine of them die within the first 
10 minutes of the film. And again, I'm not holding back anything. I'm going to be spoiling a lot. So if that took you by surprise and you haven't seen it yet, please, by all means, stop listening now and then go watch it so you can understand what is happening. Nine people flat out die right off the bat. Um, Mongrel dies. Blackguard gets shot in the face. Uh, Savant tries to escape. And then Amanda Waller blows his head off. So, like, all these characters that are meant to be, like, portrayed throughout the entire movie, what you're expecting is this barrage of, like, oh, yeah, giant suicide squad. No. They are all killed off in minutes. Literally just about 75% of them. The only ones that aren't are Ratcatcher, Bloodsport, um, Peacemaker, Polka Dot Man, and um, King Shark. Those five, so how they start the film is that there's two teams. There's Rick Flagg's team, who is meant to go on on one, on one part of the island. And what they don't know is that another team was sent on, around to a different side of the island. So what happened was Rick Flagg's team, the, the team Rick Flagg ha had, which was Harley Quinn, Javelin, uh, Savant, and all these characters that wind up pretty much dying... They're all decoys. Like, Amanda Waller basically set Rick Flagg up in a in the ultimate version of the Suicide Squad. Because these were essentially just pawns. They threw them out there to basically get murdered. And he, even Captain Boomerang dies. We're talking like that. He was a staple in the first film and they just killed him off like that. So the only ones that are part of the, the, the decoy team that survive is Rick Flagg and um, Harley Quinn. And then... Team B, the, the the other Suicide Squad that's coming around the bend, they're meant to do the actual mission, which the mission is they have to get to this laboratory called, um, um, it's from Nordic Pathology, uh, Jotunheim. The, the, the laboratory is called Jotunheim, and there's apparently some secret government um, project that's happening there that America wants demolished they don't want the um the, the the rebels of this island to take it over so they want it to be demolished completely so you see a lot of back and forth between the characters that the movie is actually based on and i guess that makes sense that to have this decoy team but to blow it up to the point where you thought all of these characters were going to get some kind of recognition i'm a little annoyed by that but again, most of these guys, not many people know of. But you've never given anybody the chance to know anybody. You've just kind of killed them off. And I guess that's kind of in like Deadpool fashion, where in Deadpool 2, he introduced you to characters like um, Bedlam and um, Zeitgeist and all those characters that were part of his X-Force that just all wound up dying. You know, like and, and the Vanisher, who was the cameo by cameoed by um brad pitt but you this is just such a big list of characters to just automatically kill off especially a prominent one from the first film and i get it this is meant to be the suicide squad they're meant to kind of you know it's meant to be like their their last mission in a way but like within the first 10 minutes like this is a two-hour movie and within the first 10 minutes almost every character is dead and i'm not saying that the ones that they left us with weren't worth it 
the storylines that they gave to the other team of uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker and Polka Dot Man, all of those, all those characters were great. What they did for Polka Dot Man especially was great because you think about that name and you think about that character. He's a very low level, deep in the Batman lore villain, and they gave him a really big role. Uh, as far as what they kind of revamped, how they revamped his character. And I wish that he survived um, throughout the end of the film. But unfortunately, again, we're talking about the Suicide Squad film. So by the end of the film, literally only four or five of them are alive. But Polka Dot Man does have a, a lot bigger role to play. Um, one of the things that was so amazing to discover was the role of King Shark was voiced by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and I was looking at the the, the 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 starring roles of this film and I was just like, Sylvester Stallone, who is Sylvester Stallone in this movie? And I looked it up and all of the dumb lines that came out of King Shark, it's all Sylvester Stallone. And it just that's that's me again, we're talking about a James Gunn film. Like that's what he does. He takes like a big name like Sylvester Stallone, he just makes him an animated character with a couple of random lines. Like King Shark doesn't have any sort of character development or anything. He's just big, dumb, and there. And that's upsetting because you could have just put Killer Croc back in there. But, you know, I guess if they couldn't get Will Smith, then forget everybody else but Harley Quinn, right? And they don't even explain why Harley Quinn's... Uh, not Harley Quinn. Um, why Deadshot's not involved in this film. They just... They pick up the new guy being Bloodsport. And even this movie's iteration of Bloodsport is really badass. The way he is able to kind of uh, manipulate his armor to be whatever weapons he needs it to be. And that's a very good imagination of that character when you think about what it originally was in the comic. And most of what it is in the comic is kind of just a really gruesome, like, ex-Marine in a way. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him betrayed in the fashion that he's betrayed in this movie. So it's it's a really nice kind of play on his character and giving him that those cool, like abilities in a way and then you have peacemaker who's basically the comedy relief i would say but also you know a fairly badass character despite what he's wearing and and 100 the most accurate comic to screen costume ever like when you see the cover of the peacemaker comic book it looks just like how john cena looks and it's fantastic now i know what the plan was is to lead off from this film into a Peacemaker series, which I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, maybe it's just because they have John Cena running the helm, but I don't know that much about Peacemaker to think, oh, maybe he'll have enough content to create a full-fledged HBO Max original show. Like, I'm glad they're still doing Titans and whatnot for HBO Max. I think that's great. And there are so many shows that they could easily do for the HBO Max arena that didn't really get all the play it deserved on the DC universe, which was the streaming universe DC tried to get running. So if you had a show like Titans that could keep going, then you put, I wish they put Swamp Thing back on there. They put Swamp Thing back on there, and now you're going to have the Peacemaker show. It's leading up to a pretty good run for this character, but I don't know enough about him to say that he's worth making a spinoff in my perspective Ratcatcher would be a better spinoff and she has probably the better 
character buildup in the entire film. Like, everything you learn about the Rat Catcher, you're kind of like, okay, you feel for that character. You understand that character. And I think the only reason that she's considered a villain is because she has the power to control rats. But essentially, I think she's just like a thief. Like, she murders people without hesitation in the film, but I don't think she really is, like, that big of a villain as far as what they've set up for her in the universe. Not 100% certain about the the comic variation. I'm sure there's probably, you know, it goes a little bit deeper and a little bit darker because it is a great character. And then you also have, you know, Rick Flagg comes back and Harley Quinn comes back. So the only ones that essentially survive are Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, King Shark, and Ratcatcher. And when I tell you that when when they killed off literally all of the characters that were, I guess, ported over from the original, it just upset me so much. First, it was Captain Boomerang. And I'm like, okay, the only one you got was Captain Boomerang, but you, you did him dirty in this film, and I'm really upset about that. And I'm really upset that James Gunn, when he wrote this, didn't seem to take into consideration anything else they could possibly do. Because when you had David Ayer or uh, Zack Schneider trying to helm this universe, there was they were crossing like storylines. They were trying to make things work. The first Suicide Squad has cameos from Batman and The Flash to connect these characters to the already existing universe. And James Gunn just kind of went in there and cleaned fucking house and said, fuck whatever they did beforehand, just so he can get a high kill count of the villains. Like... You literally murdered a good portion of what could have been numerous villains from all of these other realms, including a guy like Captain Boomerang. Like, how are you going to bring back Captain Boomerang for a potential Flash movie if it's set after the events of these movies? So now, you, you kind of ruined it a little bit. And and just the idea of, mur- of murdering Rick Flagg, like, I'm so mad that at some point in the film... There's a fight between... Okay, okay, so... let Before I jump the gun too much, because I am getting a little worked up, but that's because this film kind of gets me worked up. So, the other team completely gets demolished, and then we have this team that has to go and find get away into Jotunheim. How do they get into Jotunheim is they have to kidnap the Thinker and use his, his like, fingerprint to get in. So, the Thinker gets them in there, and he shows Rick Flagg what... Jotunheim holds and what it holds is Starro and for those who don't know Starro is a character from as far back as the 60s he is an alien villain in the DC universe and I believe he is one of the first villains that the Justice League faces and it's kind of like one of the the villains that kind of brings them together almost, I believe. I could be mistaken by that, but it really goes back that far. And I don't think he's been reiterated much up until the 90s. I feel like the 90s is when they kind of brought him back a few times. But this is the first kind of live-action iteration of him, and it's very much a full-on adaptation of what he is in the comic. Everything Starro does in the film is what he does in the comic. The the spawning of the other stars out of his, like, armpits, and then how it takes over people's bodies. All of that is accurate. So what happens is the there's an American astronauts find Starro in space, and they bring him back. 
And then America makes a deal with, I think, like um, British Columbia or something. I can't remember how the film put it, but it make it make, it makes a deal with whoever's in control of that island to host this research center in Jotunheim on the island. And what it is is them experimenting on people with the Starro gene in a way. So that goes on for 30, 40 years and everything is documented. And the thinkers like, we did it here because, you know, you Americans are such softies and you can't handle experimenting on humans or whatever. It gets, it, it's, a, it's a good like five, ten minute piece of dialogue that explains everything and it gets really, really dark in it. And it's probably one of the better parts of the film. Now, Rick Flag is like, I can't let this happen. I'm going to expose the um, America for doing this. Peacemaker comes in and stops him and says, that's the reason I'm here. I'm here to take that from you and give it to Amanda Waller because he's very much about America and justice, but it's all about justice by any means necessary. So he's like, how can <laughs> there's a good um, exchange earlier in the film? They're like, how can you preach peace, but you just murdered 12 people? He's like, peace can peace must come at any cost. And it's so many corny like one liners in the film that the peacemaker character has that really makes him kind of the the the, the comedy relief, like I said before. But here is where he does a full turn and he's basically been working for Amanda Waller like behind the scenes as well. So um, they get they fight to take control of the hard drive and Peacemaker winds up basically stabbing Rick Flag in the heart. And I'm watching that and I'm like, and they kill Rick Flag. Like, who, who's going to run the next Suicide Squad? Like, why is it that you just decided to just end this entire thing? Like, to me, with the establishment of the first film and this film, Rick Flag is the go-to Suicide Squad leader. And you just murdered him. Like, I respect James Gunn. I don't I don't mind any of his work. I think he does tremendous work. But this is definitely something where it's like, if he didn't start it, and he's coming in, like, in the middle of it, he's kind of ruining everything that's already set up. So it's like, if somebody came in and did another Guardians of the Galaxy that wasn't James Gunn's vision, it might be not as good as the original one. So when you have James Gunn's vision for this film... It doesn't match the other film, and granted, people can say as much as they want about how good or bad the first Suicide Squad was. People can say as much as they want about how good or bad this one is. But the issue, but the issue that I'm having is that at least there's continuity. At least that Suicide Squad, in some way, shape, or form, connected to everything else that they were trying to do that year, that two or three year period. It all connected in some way. And just because somebody decided at Warner Brothers that it wasn't their vision. They decided to throw a monkey wrench in it and just destroy not even just all of our dreams, but all of these storylines that they could have possibly built off of. Like when you establish villains, you establish that there's superheroes to those villains. Polka Dot Man is a villain from the Batman universe, you know? Ratcatcher, I believe, is is a Flash a Flash villain, if I'm not mistaken. He might be both. He might be a crossover one. Starro. Starro is a Justice League villain. And you made it the Suicide Squad villain, which is fine. You're able to kind of switch it up like that in a way that it makes sense for this film. Nobody is saying that you shouldn't have, quote-unquote, the right for your own creative spark 
and creative input on what you're doing with these characters. But when you're ruining flat-out storylines that are already established by killing off these characters just to get a higher kill count for this film, it's it's annoying. It's upsetting. And it's really, it, it's really something that's not making me look forward to James Gunn getting in on anything else DC-related. I hope this is the last thing he does DC. I'd rather him stay with Marvel. Go to Marvel, do 15 more Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't give a shit. You started that, you can end that for all I care. But if you're going to keep coming into the DC universe and keep ruining these things, you're not going to make people happy. And I know that there's a big... Um, uh, not controversy, but like a huge issue with the fact that the box office for Suicide Squad is only half of what the budget was right now. Even though it just kind of came out this weekend, you know, it still has time to grow and actually make its budget. I don't know if the first Suicide Squad even made its budget, but with with everything that they do, like, okay, think about Birds of Prey, the, the Harley Quinn movie that came out like two years ago. Even that stuck to continuity in some manner. Even that made sense because it made necessary connections of those characters to the other characters. There was tons of characters that survived in the first Suicide Squad. Why did you only decide to use three of them? Because one of them is the most popular one. And I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot wait. I'm going to Comic-Con this year. I'm so happy. I can't wait for the tremendous barrage of Harley Quinn cosplayers that are all just multicolor pink tails and torn up red dresses and it, just, it was huge when suicide squad came out it's it's got it's gonna get another push with this one and more power to you if you want to do it but jesus christ get some originality uh, but i digress i'm just so mad that the liberties that were given to james gunn like, if you gave those liberties to anybody else that you gave the helm for any of these films, they would be better films. You gave James Gunn all the play in the world because you were like, he made two successful films and he's a sought-after director for Marvel Studios. We gotta get him in here to see what he can do. He just, he sent you back again. He sent you back again, Warner Brothers. Not only did he just demolish literally... Anything that could possibly build off of this film or any sort of connection this film could have with any universe that you're building. But it's just, it's, it's just not, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. This film, in light of everything else, doesn't make any sense. And don't try to tell me that maybe they're just going to make this continuity a different world. Because they haven't had enough time to even set up the concept of the multiverse in the DC world. Of the multiple, um, of the multiple Earths or anything. The closest they've gotten to that is the Arrow versus version. And nothing in this realm is in any way, shape, or form built to create that kind of ability to say that that's the thought process they took they just didn't care they just thought that james gunn could do no wrong and i'm gonna be the first one to say it maybe i'll be the only one to say it and i'm saying it as a james gunn fan james gunn did this movie dirty he did all these characters dirty he set up some good things if this was meant to just be a, a pilot to to shoot peacemaker into an hbo max series fine let it do that but don't shit all over the rest of the universe to do so. 
I love John Cena, but John Cena ain't that important. Not, neither is Peacemaker. And I don't mind James Gunn. I think he's a really genius director. But he should have gotten something else. Or maybe he should have just restarted the universe. Or maybe he should have gotten his own play on something else. Maybe even a Bloodsport. I, I wouldn't even mind saying, seeing a Bloodsport movie separately as well. I wouldn't mind that. I think Bloodsport is a fantastic character. I think he would do better than um, the dead shot they set up with Will Smith. And that's not saying anything bad about Will Smith. I just, I always thought that somebody could have played the role of Deadshot better than Will Smith. And that has nothing to do with it being the fact that Will, Will Smith is that role. It's just, if you put somebody else in that role where it wasn't, like, it didn't have the label of being Will Smith, you, you probably could have not had the issues that you're having now with needing to get Deadshot back in line. Like, not everybody is Margaret Robbie and really on board with all of this stuff. Like... You lost Jared Leto, you lost Will Smith, you bombed what the first Suicide Squad is, and I'm going to tell you the truth, you probably bombed this one. And it sucks, because you had a lot of potential sitting here. The potential of creating the villains for the universe before you create the superheroes, if you wanted to go that route, that would have been excellent. But you didn't, because you decided to just kill everybody. You decided to just murder Nine, I'm not okay, it's a 90. You decided to murder at least 10% of the possible pool of villains that you could have ported from the comic universe into this universe. And I get it, it's only 10%, and it's only a bunch of characters that nobody cares about. But you snuck in a bunch of characters that everybody cared about, and you did those characters well. You did Polka Dot Man well. He could have been a big deal. I could, I would have loved to see him in a Batman live-action film, now that you've created this version of him. The, um, the, uh, the savant, the start of the film is just you setting up this guy being a big friggin' deal, and then you turn him into a little bitch, and then you blow his head up. Like, what is the problem with just giving characters the benefit of the doubt and allowing this, this to grow the universe from this perspective? Because there's always more villains than there are superheroes. The more of them you decide to say, fuck it, let's just kill him for the movie's sake the less of an opportunity you're giving them in the worlds that you could build around them, in the universes that could establish them within the superheroes' realms of where they belong. You know, Captain Boomerang is a huge um, villain in the in the Flash universe. He's part of um, uh, Citizen Something. I forget what they are, but it's the, it's the team-up of five uh, supervillains from the Flash series that try to, like, go after the Flash, kind of like a Legion of Doom thing, but only the Flash villains. And it's Captain Boomerang, Captain Cold, um, Top, Mirror Master, and um, somebody else. I can't think of the fifth one, usually. But now you've killed him off. So now, to me, you can't ever, ever create that again unless you establish that that film is pre-Suicide Squad. And I don't know if you're able to do that because you haven't even given me one Flash movie. The Flash movie has gone through five different directors and it hasn't even gotten a solid script yet. This thing bounced, this movie itself bounced between three different directors before it landed on James Gunn. It was supposed to go to David Ayer, and what did David Ayer decide to do instead? He's doing a Gotham City Sirens film, which is supposed to be based on like Poison Ivy and Catwoman and all of them. Then it got tossed to um, somebody else that I can't remember, and then it landed on James Gunn's desk. And that's when James Gunn decided to do this, and this is the version that got greenlit, and Warner Brothers said, oh, it's James Gunn, he can do no wrong. Well, 
he did wrong to me. He did wrong to fans. He did wrong to these characters. And, you know, I would have given the first film the benefit of the doubt, but I'm sorry. I probably am not going to give this film the benefit of the doubt. WB, you're going to deserve all of the of the hate and the backlash or whatever you get from this film it's well deserved because you really you really went the wrong route in my in my perspective you really really went the wrong route this way and i i wish that a director like james gunn wasn't attached to this where it's kind of him that i'm shitting on but it is him and I don't, I'm not looking forward to another one of these films because if you're just going to let them do it again, you're just going to keep ruining this possible way you can incorporate more universe building mechanism, uh, mechanics and things like that. You keep in- introducing more villains and you keep establishing that, oh yeah, this villain's from here, this villain's from here. This movie even has a tiny 30 second ca- like cameo of the calendar man and the calendar man if you've watched the recent um animated films for batman the long halloween part one and two calendar man plays a big role in those films and he's also a very a very interesting batman villain but not one that gets a lot of recognition but he is really unique in what he does and what he brings to, what he brings and offers to batman storylines and they made him like this little biker gang trash talking nonsensor that doesn't make any sense towards the character of who Calendar Man actually is. Calendar Man is cold, he's calculated, he's he, he's a genius, and what they did with Calendar Man was they had this bald dude standing there, it said February, March, April written across his forehead, and he's like, yeah, look at this little bitch over here, guys, yeah. Like, did you really just do that to the Calendar Man? Like, just, it, it that... Plus, a dozen other things is why I have such... I'm going to have such a hard time wanting to either watch this movie again or try to recommend this movie or praise this movie in any way, shape, or form. I apologize if I spoiled anything for you, but you got to understand, as a, as a diehard DC fan, this movie is bad for, for me as a fan. Is it a bad movie? Is anybody else going to like it or not like it? Maybe there's some people that agree with me. I, I don't know. All I know is for me, and if you're listening to this to get my perspective, this is not worth it. And this is not a good iteration of what they could have done with this story and these characters. And I'm upset about it. And I just spent 30 minutes completely expressing those feelings about it. And thank you so much for listening. And... I don't know. If you want to give it a shot, by all means, give it a shot again. If you felt the same way I do, then let's meet up one day and we'll cry together about what they just did to the DC Universe.